There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Hello and thank you much for tuning in to episode 107 of the Power Court Hour podcast. As always, I am your host, Anthony Merchant, here with you with the May 2022 rundown of the show. Hope you are doing great out there. And uh, apologies, I know it's a day late. I almost did it yesterday, but goddamn, it was Memorial Day. I was like, no, I don't need to do it today. I'll do it tomorrow. It's a holiday. I, there, you didn't need to listen to me tomorrow or yesterday. And uh, so, yeah. So I'm doing this today instead on a uh, on a beautiful Tuesday. It's absolutely gorgeous out. I uh, got done not too long ago, but I must say I uh, you know I was listening to some music while I was out there and uh, kind of going back and forth. I couldn't get. I don't know if anyone else does that, but like there's certain times where I know everything I want to listen to. Like I'm almost like there's almost a DJ set going on in my head where it's almost like I'm doing the radio show where like. I'll start with the song, and then, like, as that song's playing, I go, okay, I know I want to listen to this, then I want to listen to this, I want to listen, you know, I'll jump from bands, I'll jump from genres, I go, oh, this song's going to sound good after this one, and in a way, maybe I am making the the playlist for the radio show, and I just don't realize it, but I'm doing that, then there's other times where I can't figure out what I want to listen to, like, even, like, my favorite bands, I'll put them on, and, like, I'll I'll put a song or two on, and I'm like, I don't know what I want to listen to, but I don't feel like listening to this right now, so it's like jumping around a little, and uh, I did end up putting a few podcasts on, which I don't listen to that many podcasts. I just, I do, I do so many of them that like, I don't know. I don't really want to want to listen to them by the time I'm done. I mean, I do this on top of working in radio. So it's like just nonstop. I, uh, and, and I'll get into it, which I mean, is very rad, but I got to say this, uh, this month here, May, which we're running down the May, uh, 2022 rundown here. But um, I did probably the most interviews I've ever done in my life because I was doing interviews for like three different shows, and uh, you know, I mean, we had tons on here. But like, I have I have uh, interviews that you have not heard yet that uh, go right through the month of June. I mean, we have we have interviews I did like a month ago, and uh, I almost feel bad because I teased some of them. And, uh, you know, it's like another month until they come out. It, I think it was kind of that way with like the, uh, Jughead interview, still one of my favorite ones. But uh, when I interviewed him earlier this year, I interviewed him in, uh, like early February and then it came out in like early March. So it was like a month later, but, um, just sometimes it happens that way, which again, it's not a bad thing. Cause I've also had dry spells on here where I don't have, you know, guests for a couple weeks, you know, I just don't have anything, uh, lined up or whatever I get too busy to. And, uh, you know, so it doesn't always happen. So it's not a bad thing to have them that way, but yeah, I am, uh, I have so many guests lately and, uh, you've not even heard half of them yet. So, uh, I'm actually pretty stoked about that though. Again, I don't, I don't particularly think that's a bad thing, but anyway, I, uh, decided to, uh, turn on a couple podcasts, some, uh, music ones. And, uh, I was listening and I gotta say, like, I won't, I won't name names. I listened to a couple podcasts, but, um, I mean, God damn, I, uh, you know, it's something that I definitely did for, I don't, I don't know when I finally stopped and I actually, it's probably a lot more recent than, uh, I'd like to admit, but like the long, long intros on podcasts that have like guests on them, you know, do interviews and stuff is just wild to me. Like, it's just like, like, look at this. I do this monthly rundown. And if you listen to the podcast, you know what it is. It's just me bullshitting, for however long I go. And that is exactly what this is supposed to be. The monthly rundown is that. I've had like a guest on here once. Like two years ago I think we had a guest on. 
And, uh, you know, so it's just me doing that. But, like, as far as these really just long, long intros that go on forever until they get to the interview. And then on top of that, I mean, if you have any sponsors or anything, if you have an intro, like, there's just all these things where, like, holy shit, like, we're 30 minutes in before we get to the interview. And, again, I realize I, uh, I've i definitely done it, but at some point I realized I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I don't, you know, talk at the end. If you want, you know, if you want to talk for three hours after the interview, I think that's totally cool because if people want to keep listening, they can keep listening. If they want to say fuck off, they can fuck off. You know what I mean? They can they can tune you out. They can go, I ain't listening to another three hours. You, I listen to the interview. Thank you. I'm done. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I don't, I don't have some kind of idea. I mean, next month we got, you've not heard it yet, but one of those interviews that, uh, you know, I did a while back and, uh, you know, just because I had things that were coming out like during release dates and stuff, but I got to interview John Doe. I mean, my God, like I'm smiling, just saying that like John fucking Doe of X, I got to interview that man. He is a, he is a legend like, and was so, let me tell you that. I know I'm getting sidetracked. That guy was so fucking cool. I just want you all to know that. You haven't even heard the interview yet, but I just want to sidetrack from what I'm saying to let you all know. Because we all think John Doe seems cool, right? Like, I've always... John Doe is who I want to be when I'm his age. He's like 60-something, and when I am John Doe's age, I still want to be that cool. Because I think John Doe has stayed cool his entire life. Like, I look at John Doe now, and I go, that guy is so fucking cool. Like, I, he's, he's just always... There's just something about him. The personality, the talent, like just the charm, the wit. I don't know. Everything about him is amazing. But let me also tell you what an amazing human being. I got to talk to him for an hour. And, I mean, we could have kept going. I, I felt at some point I at the end I was like I started cutting it off because I'm like, I mean, I don't want him to have to do it. I'm like, I took an hour of this man's time. It's like I should probably let him go. But, I mean, I could have talked to him forever. But, anyways, that will be coming out soon. But what I was talking about, and sorry, I just want to tell you, John Doe, is as cool as he seems. That's what I want to tell you. Is John Doe is as cool, if not cooler, than uh, how he seems. And my God, that was a uh, that was another honor. You can put that on the list of like total honors of people to interview. John Doe definitely on that. But anyway, what I'm saying is, when I have John Doe on, I'm sure there's going to be people who check out the show because hey, John Doe's on. But like, I don't have this idea in my head that those people want to hear me talk by myself for 30 minutes before I get into the, into the uh, interview. And I mean, I again, I, I learned that probably somewhere along the way because I've definitely done it. You can listen to old interviews, but um, you know, I I was just listening to some podcasts again. I won't name names, and a few of them are even I would say my podcasting peers. Um, I, I guess it would probably be that because we're kind of in the same realms. But it's like, holy shit! It's like thirty minutes before they get to an interview. It's like my god, like. Again, and I try to keep my outro short too, but it's like just bullshit at the end. Like it's your outro. Like if people want to listen to you, if they listen every week and are a fan of what you do, maybe they'll listen to the whole thing. But like if someone just wants to tune in and like listen to me talk to John Doe, I'm not going to make them suffer through 30 minutes of my bullshit before I get to that. I'll do that after. If they're into it, they'll keep listening. But, uh, you know, I kind of be interested in that though, because obviously if you're listening to this, you're a podcast listener. So listen, pod. Not not podcast at gmail.com, powercordhour at gmail.com. Hit me up, powercordhour at gmail.com. And I'd really like to know this. Like, seriously, I'd really like to know as a, a podcast listener, I mean, intros, how do you feel about them? I mean, are you good with 
some kind of intro, you know what I mean? Like, and even, even I am, I, I, I now just jump pretty much into the interviews most of the time. I don't really do much of an intro in the beginning. I mean, if we have a sponsor for an episode, you know, I'll jump on and, uh, you know, thank the sponsor and stuff. But for the most part, I just jump into the interview, but I mean, do you, do you like when you just jump into the interviews? Do you like, like a five minute intro? Do you like a 30 minute intro? Like, am I totally wrong? Like, am I the asshole here to think that those are ridiculous? Like, let me know powercordhour@gmail.com. Um, you know, I would be very interested in that by, you know, other people who listen to music podcasts, you know, and, uh, probably also listen to some of the shows that I'm thinking of and we're listening to today that, uh, I thought had way too fucking long of uh intros is just like come on man like i'm here to listen to the interview you're doing like not not you bullshit for 30 minutes do that after that's the that's the after like when we're all done and we're like you know decompressing and chilling out and everything's kind of winding down that's when you know you kind of bullshit a little but uh or do this do the do that's the other thing is like do the monthly rundown it's like i don't need to like bullshit to people for 30 minutes before the interview because i do it at the end of the month and if you want to listen to that hey you can listen to it but you also don't have to listen to me just bullshit into a mic for an hour, you know? But you can still listen to those uh, interviews. So I don't know. That's my uh, – what I'm saying is I listened to podcasts today, and it did not – I was not happy with uh, the intros that I had to hear. There were there were some good interviews I heard. It would have been nicer if I uh, got to hear them a little sooner, though, than, uh, than they got to them. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess let's talk about uh, some – I mean, again, like I, I mentioned, I did so many interviews this month just for uh, – for the Power Chord Hour, for Arts on Fire that I do on uh, 107.9 WRFA, uh, Local Rush Hour, we had an interview or two, which I don't always do interviews on there, but uh, I will if if actually I run out of time on Arts on Fire to do interviews. Sometimes I'll uh, put them on the Local Rush Hour. So uh, yeah, I did. I did them for all three this month, and uh, some really fun ones. But I mean, as far as uh, the Power Chord Hour goes, you know, like I told you, John Doe, and that will be coming out. I'm looking up at a calendar. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, oh, next week, the 13th. Or no, 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 I'm sorry. I forgot what day it was. Sorry, I'm, I'm fucking up this calendar. The 6th. So uh, June 6th, mark that on your calendar. Maybe it's already passed, depending on listening to this. But John Doe of The Mighty X is on this show. And uh, my God, was it fun. I mean, if you listen to these, actually, I, I was talking about John Doe's new uh, record, Fables in a Foreign Land, Maybe a month or two ago when it got announced and his tour and everything. I, I talked about that in the news. And uh, actually, I think I played. Yeah, I did. I played Never Coming Back on here. I'm, I'm almost certain I played that. You'd think I'd remember, but I played it like, uh, you know, like two months ago or whatever on the on this show. And uh, yeah, we, we got to talk all about. Well, the rad thing was, was we talked about his new solo record. Uh, or really, it's the John Doe Trio. And he has a great, uh, I can't remember their name. He's a great upright bass player and a great drummer that he's playing with. And I mean, the record, if you've not heard it yet, it came out on May 20th on a Fat Possum Records, the same one that put out X's Alphabet Land. And uh, holy shit, is it good. I mean, like, it was hard for me to not just kiss his ass the entire time because, like, John Doe is always good, but, like, between the last X record and this new record, I mean, he's writing some of the best music of his career. And again, he's like he's like in his late 60s, I believe. Like, I don't remember his exact age, but he's been doing this for a while. And like, just now, I feel like he's hitting strides of like, you know, my God, like, like just reminding you why, why he is regarded, you know, and revered so much as just such a, uh, you know, an amazing songwriter, you know, and just, you know, like a punk icon. But uh, that new record, so, so good. But on top of that, which was nice, 
was uh, he was totally game to talk X. So we talked a lot of Alphabet Land too because I actually wanted to interview him when uh, Alphabet Land came out and uh, never got the chance to. So it was kind of nice. It was like a redeeming in a way of like uh, you know kind of getting to do both, kind of doing an, an interview of both because we talked we talked a good amount about Al- Alphabet Land actually. There is uh, if you're a fan of that record, which you're an uh, idiot if you're not. You know, that that was just kind of mean. I, I apologize for that. But, you know, I don't know how you don't like that record. That record's so, so good. It's truly, like, one of the best X records. Again, I, I've, I've said it a million times on here. I mean, truly have. And uh, But, yeah, it's just as good as those first four X records. I mean, which are the best X records, obviously. But, uh, I mean, just talking to him everything, he was... Uh, he was so great, and uh, I also, he, he did say very early stages of a new X album, so that makes me happy, because I, I've heard him kind of say both, not that not that they would never do another record, but I think for a while his, uh, his thing was more of, if we get to one, we will do it, but if not, this is a good record to go out on, which he's entirely, he's entirely right about that, he's not wrong at all. I mean, I totally agree with him on that, but I also think, including listening to uh, Fables in a Foreign Land, which uh, actually, one of the best songs on the album, co-written by Exene and Shirley Manson of uh, Garbage and uh, Destroying Angels, which uh, he put a music video out for, and it's a it's a single now, it's the latest one for the album, but it is uh, that one, and probably, uh, oh man, track two, Down South, Down South, that is also... Those are probably my two favorite songs, but the entire album is so damn good. But yeah, that song that he uh, co-wrote with Exene and Shirley Manson was uh, amazing. It's so funny too because he's talking about it because it's quite a it's quite a dark song. It's lyrically a very very dark song. It tells a great story, but it's very dark. And uh, he's like, that was Shirley Manson's idea. He's like, she she's the one who's like, I want to write a murderous folk song, like a song about like brutal murders. And he's like, all right. And uh, my God, they wrote the best folk song about you know brutal murders that I think I've ever heard. I uh, I absolutely love it. But that whole record so good. And I mean, to talk to John for an hour was like, my God. I mean, if you listen to this show, you you heard me gush over X. And uh, even almost in real time, become a fan of X because I uh, back in back in 2020 was when I really uh, like when I really really got into them. Like I was aware of X and I I knew some songs and stuff, but uh, after after watching the decline of Western civilization and uh, listening to them more, I just got really into them and uh, del you know dwelling more into uh, their uh, catalog and everything and just really just finding out what a genius John Doe is. Uh, you know, as well as the rest of X, but, uh, yeah, ungodly, so goddamn cool, I can't say that enough, I got to talk to John Doe, I mean, it was like, I just got off the phone, and it's just like, holy fuck, like, I just talked to John Doe, and the fact that, again, like, so nice, never, and again, like, it was an hour, he probably would have kept, like, it's not like he was like, hey, I gotta go, or anything, it's like, I was just like, I don't want to keep him, I don't know if he's busy, like, I'm not, you know, I don't want him to have to be like, oh, because you don't want that either, you know, you don't want him to have to be like, hey, I gotta leave, but, um, and I also, I did take the liberty, though, to tell him, so you can all thank me if this tour happens, but I interviewed him, like, the day before that show they were playing in California, it was X, The Bouncing Souls, uh, The Last Gang, and Strike Anywhere, I mean, what an unreal lineup. And I told him he has to make that a tour. I'm like, you need to make that shit a tour. I uh, I think I said it after. I don't know if I said it during the interview. It might have been after uh, after the mics after the mics were off. But uh, I did indeed tell him that he needs to make that shit a tour because he really does. I mean, 
that's a lineup. I mean, I am so jealous of Southern California and anyone who got to go there and see X, the Bouncing Souls, the last game can strike anywhere. I mean, that is such a great lineup. And then, like, all the great punk bands throughout the years, too. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's all, like, different generations of, uh, you know, just great punk bands. I would love to uh, see that. But yeah, I got to talk to them. I think, actually, I think he was there a day early. I think he was playing, yeah, because it was like the day before he was. They did like a run of shows in California. X did. But, um, and I'm really sad. I wanted to go see. I think I got to work, actually, because John Doe is coming up here uh, near Jamestown. He's playing up in Cleveland uh, this month on, I believe it's the 21st. But uh, I found out I have to work, sadly. So I won't be making it to that. Hopefully I can go see X. He's coming back the next month. Uh, X and the Psychedelic Furs are touring this summer. And uh, that looks like a really good tour. And they're playing Cleveland uh, the following month in July. So uh, hopefully I can make it to that one at least. I really wanted, to be honest, though, I mean, I trust me, I've never seen X. And I really want to go see them. But um, which is another one I talked about not long ago when I was when I was shamed at a at, at Amoeba Records in San Francisco because I never saw X before and I bought a shit ton of X records there and the girl who was uh, cashing me out she's like how have you never seen X like how the fuck have you never seen X and I mean she's not wrong it wasn't wrong of her but uh yeah I was just like I don't even know like I got no good excuse. But uh, I've never seen X live, but fuck, I've talked to John Doe for an hour, and uh, I think that means something. But uh, yeah, I would love to go see X live with the Psychedelic Furs, but I am bummed I can't go see the John Doe trio, because I'm telling you, I love I love this record. Like, I, uh, I was into, uh, it wasn't out yet before I talked to him, and then I got an advance to, uh, to rub that in. I got to hear the record a little early. But uh, the singles that came out before I heard the whole record, even before I knew I was going to interview him, I, I loved it. I mean, John Doe can do no wrong. So uh, yeah, you'll be hearing that again that'll be uh, next week on uh, here and another really good one actually I think I talked to him May 1st I literally talked to him uh first day of uh, May and I'm almost wondering if I talked about this I can't remember exactly uh when I did the April rundown if it if it was like the same day and I'm almost wondering if it did so my apologies if I talked about uh interviewing Tony Scalzo on the last one but Tony Scalzo of the band Fastball I uh, interviewed him and the band just put out well funny enough they just put out a new EP called Soundtrack but they're also working on a new record and that's coming out this month that comes out in like a couple weeks so talk about again like the you know doing these interviews and then having to like bank them away just because I have so many people on Um, you know it's been so long that uh, they got a new record but I was talking to them right as they were going into studio and uh, start recording and they put up uh, videos and stuff now and my god the uh, studio he was describing and stuff to me it was like this amazing compound I think in like El Paso maybe I almost want to say Taking Back Sunday recorded their self-titled record there and I could be totally wrong but uh, it's a I started looking up though too and it's like a famous studio I can't remember what it is off the top of my head but like it's a nice, like, they're in a nice fucking studio. Like, this is a this is a place you want to record if you're in a band. Like, it is definitely, which, and he sounded pretty stoked to be going to record there when I uh, talked to him. But, uh, yeah, Tony Scalzo, Fastball, got to talk to him for an hour as well. He was really, really rad. He honestly, like, I mean, he. I thought he was going to be cool to begin with. Like, I, I had wanted to interview someone from Fastball ever since I uh, became a fan of them. Actually, five years ago. In, uh, in, I mean, I always knew the songs. I always liked the singles. But, like, I saw them open for Everclear in uh, 2017. And when I saw them live, I was like, oh, shit. Like, they're just a really good, like, 
rock band, you know, like kind of power pop, garage rock. Like you can tell they love Big Star and the replacements and stuff, and uh, really fall in love with them. And I've wanted to interview them for a long time because I think they're a band who, with a lot of interviews, because they've had those hits and stuff, you know, people ask them a lot of like 90s questions or this and that. And it's like, I'm like, no, I want to know about, like, I don't need to know about stuff everyone asks you. It's like, I don't know about, like, Big Star and the replacements, this and that. And, like, I didn't know either Tony uh, came up in, like, the punk scene in Los Angeles when it was, hat like, in 19, like, the 70s. Like, the early, or not the early, the late 70s, early 80s. He was a part of that whole scene. Like, uh, actually, John Doe, I mean, he talked about seeing X and stuff. And, uh, you know, seeing all those bands the first time around, like when they, uh, you know, really just when it was all happening, it was uh, crazy. You know, I, I never uh, I never knew he because uh, Fastball is an Austin band. And I know uh, Tony lived in Los Angeles and then moved to uh, Austin in the 90s at some point. And then, you know, Fastball uh, happened, I think. Or actually, I think he said one of the other dudes in Fastball, too. It might be Miles, either Miles or uh, I'm blanking on their drummer's name. Damn it. I cannot think of his name off the top of my I, I cannot think of it right now, but it was either actually their drummer, I think, is an Austin native. I think Miles isn't. Tony and Miles both weren't originally, uh, I think, from uh, Austin. Miles maybe was from Texas, but I, I don't know. No, no, I'm sorry. I think uh, I think Miles was also from the Los Angeles scene. Again, I might be butchering this, but uh, this was again about this was over or not over. Actually, funny enough, it was almost a month ago because it's May 31st right now, and I talked to him on May 1st. But uh, in that time, I've done so many interviews, my my brain has turned to mush, and uh, I cannot remember. But uh, anyways, I think the uh, other singer of Fastball might have also been a part of that punk scene. But again, I could be totally wrong. But Tony was, and it was really cool to hear that. I actually would have liked to talk to him. We talked about it a little, but like... We we're not even a little like we talked about a decent amount, but never too in detail. Like I would have liked to get into more of that, like about shows that he saw specific bands, you know, like he would name off bands that he saw. But we didn't get more into like, you know, because we just had so much to talk about that, uh, you know, we started jumping around into other things and stuff. But it was also interesting too to talk to someone who like he worked in record stores in like the 80s. And we were talking about like Big Star and uh, how just you know, how some bands really do blow up later, you know, I mean, Jawbreaker is kind of one of the more modern day ones now, but like, you know, Big Star is one of them where it's like Big Star is pretty damn big now, you know, they're not, they're not huge mainstream, but you hear them in things, you know, you've heard them on soundtracks, you know, they've been covered by significant people, their name gets dropped, like, you know, they may not be like, again, they're not household names, but they're also not so much the obscure man that they once were but like talking to him he's like oh yeah like no one gave a shit about big star in the 80s he's like i worked at record stores like those were like cutout bands those were bands that were like you know in the clarence section and only like he was like i think he called them hipsters he said only hipsters like and himself i mean he also like he said i mean if you hear fastball i mean they're very much influenced by big star but he's like yeah like you know yeah you had people who would like crate diggers you would only have people who really really love music and went through like the record store cutout bin who were really into those bands but it's like again it's, it's interesting where like what time does for certain bands, how like they're not big at the time and it happens so much later, you know? I mean, again, like Jawbreaker keeps coming to mind just because they do, you know, they, I mean, they just got off that Dear You tour and you look how big that was. And it's like, look at the tour they did for Dear You back in the day was definitely not that size, those tickets. And I will tell you, because I ended up not getting to go, but uh, I spent like 70 bucks to go see them in Detroit, which I still have not gotten my money back, which is bullshit. But anyway, um, 
they, uh, you know, they definitely were not selling tickets for $70. They were definitely not playing, you know, these places and, uh, all, all that. But, uh, it's the same, like with big star, you forget that at times until you talk to someone who were there back in the day. Same with like someone who like saw a job, you'll find those people. I actually met a dude in Portland when I saw a job breaker in 2018 and he had seen them. Holy shit. He saw them everywhere. Gilman street was the one big one where I was like, Oh my God. And he saw a couple other, I forget, I forget them now, but he had some good shows he saw at a uh, Gilman way back in the day. But uh, that was another one we was talking about all the time. Saw Jawbreaker, and they were in way smaller places than the theater we were seeing them at that night. You know, but Big Star was like another one that uh, was like that. But it was interesting to talk about all that with him. Like he was very like on top of fastball and his own music, like just really getting into things. And also, like I liked him because he was also kind of like like he was pretty honest and open about like what what he wanted to do with the band, like the whole all three of them, like what the band really is kind of setting out to do, and they're kind of looking at it almost like they're a new band treating it another way, you know, and like, you know, cause it's like, Hey, we, we also, you know, we love the fans we have, but we also want to try to, uh, you know, reach out to some that maybe either people who maybe haven't listened past the uh, hits or who don't know us yet, you know, maybe be exposed to new crowds and audiences and stuff. And I mean, just treating the band differently than uh, maybe they have in the past and just treating it like a new band as well. And uh, I don't know, he's very just open and honest about things. I thought was uh, very cool. Like I, he was another one. He, he, I could have talked to him for hours as well. I mean, just another one where it's like, I could have just talked his ear off forever. He was really, really fun to uh, talk to. But uh, that one will be coming out the week after. That one will be, John Doe will be on June 6th, and then June 13th will be uh, Tony Scalzo from Fastball. And I'm really looking forward to uh, getting that one out there because, uh, again, it is, it's been in the can for so long, and, uh, you know, just it, it was taking forever. And uh, I, did, I got to talk to my buddy Dylan Flynn. He came back. That one did come out. And, uh, I, I gave Dylan, I gave Dylan dibs on that week long, long, uh, earlier. Cause, uh, we we're setting up for a while. And, uh, you know, I was like, dude, like I, like this week, like this will be your week, like second week of May, I think we aired and I'm like, that's your week, dude. So, uh, you know, we, uh, did it then. So you've probably heard that one. If you've not yet, go check that out. Uh, first time Dylan has been on in uh, five years. We, he was one of the first guests. I think I did my math right. I believe. And, uh, sixth guest I ever had on the uh, show and, uh, was a really, really cool guy. Met him at the Menzinger show in Cleveland. I, mean, I talked about all this in, in, uh, that episode, but uh, it was really fun to get to catch up with him and talk to him and also do like a long form one. Cause when I talked to him the first time, it was like a 15 minute interview, but also me and him talked for like two hours, like, you know, just off, off the air. So it was nice to instead this time kind of have more of the conversation, maybe, maybe a little more, uh, maybe a little more formatted than, than, you know, you know, candid, but also formatted more than, you know, you bullshit with people when the mics are off. It's like, it just, it goes everywhere. You know what I mean? Like it's like, you'll talk about music and shit, but you just talk about everything. It's like, then you don't have to worry about so much about getting sidetracked and stuff. So we talk about whatever, but, uh, was definitely more like, uh, you know, more like an experience of just hearing us talk to each other off air than on the first one, which I also threw that up. I did, I did put the throwback episode up from our first episode five years ago. And, uh, you know, that one we had to like, you know, it was just right, right to the point. Like, you know, what's up, you know, like what's past the base, what's this, what's that, what do you do? You know, I mean, it, it was fun. Don't get me wrong. It was like 15 minutes versus an hour and a half. So obviously we got into a lot more, you know, this time, which was, uh, just really fun. He was, uh, he was a great dude to uh, have back. And I can't believe it, it took that, not took that long, 
But, um, you know, just that it was five years in between. I don't even think I'd thought of it, you know. It's just one of those things, too. You do the show long enough, it's like you start having, you know, repeats and people, uh, you know, coming back. Like, I, mean, I had Jamie uh, Jamie Wolford, another guest we had on in May, and uh, from the stereo, talk about the new stereo record. And this time he brought Rory Phillips with, and uh, that was another really, really fun one. I had such a good time talking to them. And uh, that was uh, that was so much fun because I had fun with Jamie the first time. That was one of my favorite uh, interviews of last year. But him and Rory was because uh, you just I don't know. I I think I think for artists probably in a lot of ways it also does. I w- I would imagine. I guess I've never asked anyone who's come on. You know, as like a duo or whatever. But like it probably does relax you in a way where you have someone to jump off of and you can kind of, you know, you talk about stories that have happened and this and that, or, Hey, you know, if you vaguely remember something, you kind of jump on, you know, the other person can jump in and kind of add to it and stuff, all, all those kinds of things. And, uh, yeah, it was just really fun to have both of them there and to get into everything. You know, I, I love, I've been listening to uh, 13, the new stereo record, like nonstop. It is so good that I was listening to today on my hike. I did listen to that, that, uh, record, is unreal. It's and what I love about it too is it is the stereo, but it's also not this rehash. Like I would definitely say, like I know they call it like a spiritual sequel to a three hundred, and in in many ways it is, but at the same time it's also its own thing. You know, there's definitely things on there that they probably wouldn't even done as uh, musicians and songwriters. You know, twenty something years ago. You know, I, I think that they've progressed at and stuff. And uh, that whole record just sounds so, and it sounds good too. I mean, Jamie is Jamie is an amazing producer. I mean, that guy, that guy deserves more accolades. Not, ju- I mean, for his songwriting stuff too, but like also what he can do behind a board. I mean, his his production skills, his recording skills, like he, it's just meticulous. Like he really, really knows what he's doing. He makes he makes everything sound like so huge. It uh, it is great. I uh, I love it because it. Some bands, again, like I, and I've said it on here and I do mean it. It's like sometimes bands self-produce and it's just, I think it's a disaster because what that means is you really don't have a producer. I mean, unless there's a person in your band who is willing to play the producer role, who is willing to like work with everyone and go, Hey, you know, and which you're talking to your bandmates, but you have to talk to them like a producer go, Hey, like you should do this on the bass instead of that. Or, you know, I think you should play this guitar part like this and stuff. So, I mean, you know, if you're doing true producing, I think that's what, which is something that I think Jamie does. And it's like, I think some bands are like, Oh, we're self-producing this one. You're really just recording it yourselves. Like you're re- no one's really producing it. You're not really getting outside, you know, influence or anything like that. You don't know, you know, even the recording techniques and shit, your stuff might be limited. It's like, so sometimes I'm weary of it, but you know, not with, uh, not with Jamie. I mean, that dude obviously knows what he's doing. So like, you know, him, him, uh, producing it. Plus he's, he's produced, I believe all the, uh, stereo records, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's been in that role the entire time. And, uh, actually going off of that too, an, an interview you've not heard in an interview that I just did last, uh, Saturday, but, uh, and actually talking about funny enough, a returning guest, but bringing another bandmate, just like, uh, you know, this time Jamie bringing Rory, I had talked to Joe Rio of hidden in plain view. And this time he brought Rob Freeman with him, which uh, was really rad getting to talk to both of them. They, uh, I met both of those were the two members. I met two members of hidden in plain view when I saw him at skate and surf 2014. And, uh, it was Joe and Rob. So, uh, it was really fun talking to them. They were, they were so much fun. 
And uh, I got to tell you, I learned, I knew Rob, Fre- I mean, Rob Freeman, honestly, or, you know, like actually, I, I think pretty well known for like production and recording and stuff too. You know, that's a, I think most people who know Rob Freeman and know of him know that he's also, you know, besides hidden in plain view, you know, uh, a producer and everything. But like what I didn't realize was I kind of assumed that, uh, you know, he kind of got into that maybe like after hidden in plain view and like, you know, just got really just kept doing it and stuff and working on it. But like he had always been into it and I never knew that. Like I didn't realize he had he had been kind of like with Jamie, like in that producer role the whole time. Like he in some capacity, he was, uh, you know, whether or not they had producers on albums, some of the early stuff he uh, recorded himself and all that, like they uh oh what was it was it operation cutthroat i think it was operation cutthroat that they watch this is another one that you'll go listen to that episode and i'm totally wrong it's either that one or the very first one the uh find ep before that one of them uh recorded in in rob's uh parents basement like i mean that dude just did like and i never realized that like i knew he recorded and stuff i knew he recorded their uh, new singles and everything and uh, I'm pretty sure he did it on uh, the Animal EP a few years back and everything. But, yeah, I didn't realize, like, the whole time he was on that side. And he was, like, telling me, too. He was, like, he was always he was always into production and, and recording and all that. And it was kind of, almost more than being in a band. He was almost, like, you almost just have to do that part. It was, it was very funny because to see someone come from that way. Because a lot of times you talk to people and it's, like, how do you get into that? And it is that. Like, their band breaks up and they start getting into production and recording and stuff. And, you know, or maybe it's something that while they were recording, you know, they, they'd sometimes look over like producer shoulders and kind of, you know, slowly get into it and stuff. But like, no, like right away he was uh, he was into it, which Jamie might have been the same way. We didn't really talk about it this time as much. We talked about his production and his producing. But we didn't talk so much about like the origins of it. But the first time I had him on last year and again, I can't remember, but I think he was basically the same way. He was always into that side of it. Like since he was a kid, like he was interested in the part of, of recording everything and, you know, and, and working on music and, you know, just fine tuning and tweaking things. You know, he was always into that, which uh, again, I always find that interesting, you know, kind of finding people's uh, backgrounds on that stuff. But it's like, you also can tell who's a producer and stuff. Cause another one, like when I interviewed uh, Jamie and that and Jamie and Rory, uh, there's a part like we were talking about bridges, uh, you know, the bridge to a song. And it's like, you, you know, Jamie starts like breaking down for like, you know, for like five minutes, he's like breaking down what a bridge is. And I love that, but I'm like, that's, that is a producer. That is someone who knows music inside out. They know how music is structured. They get it like that. You know, that's just, like, you know, it's one thing to have the mind of a musician, but you got to have a whole nother like mindset, I think, to truly be, you know, a producer. That's not just being a musician. Being a musician is part of it, but there's a whole nother side to it, you know, and it's something that Jamie and Rob both uh, both definitely have. And uh, Rory does. Rory, he didn't he didn't do, uh, you know, he didn't produce the new stereo record, but he's done producing and recording and does uh, some really good stuff. And same with the uh, he did produce and put together the Kings of No Hope podcast series that the stereo just did. And he did amazing. I was telling him that it's like such a well-produced, like well put together show. Like, so like, and I, like, I know how long it takes to put things together and interview people and like really produce it and piece together. I'm like, that took him probably as long as it took Jamie to produce that record. I mean that, that for as much as he put in, you know, cause he wasn't doing, I do long form ones like this where it's, you know, very little editing. I'm not going in here and cutting a whole bunch of stuff where it's like, he's putting everything together. He's really putting like a program, almost an audio documentary together. 
and uh, you know did such a good job. If you've not listened to those, there's six episodes all together, and uh, really, really interesting. I mean, I think whether or not you know the stereo, because you also learn about him and stuff quite a bit in there. So it's not a bad intro to the band if you've uh, you know if you're not super familiar with them. But it was great. I learned you know I've been a fan for years, but I learned so much from that podcast. I never knew about them. So, uh, yeah, that was a really fun one. And so was that Hidden in Plain View one. Great to have Joe back. I mean, he was really like, I think he was the last interview I had on the show really before the pandemic hit. Like, after that, we had the pandemic. Like, the pandemic, things weren't shut down yet. But I remember having Ben Jorgensen on after I had Joe Rio on. And at that point, things were looking like it was starting to happen. Because I remember it was funny. I remember Ben Jorgensen was was giving the dates for the uh, What to Do When You're Dead tour that they were going on, the anniversary tour. And uh, he was kind of like, if these happen, like if they're... And, and I think a few shows had maybe been canceled at that point. Not everything, but I think some bands had... Like you started seeing some things going on where it's like, oh, okay, maybe... And, uh, but that was like the first one where like, oh, okay, this might not happen because of COVID. And then it didn't, then it, then it got postponed until last year. They, uh, or actually it might've been this year cause they, they postponed it. I think twice. I actually think it might've been earlier this year that they finally got to, uh, finally get out there and do it. But it looked like the shows are great. I uh, sadly never got to make it out, but the shows looked really well attended and, uh, they all sounded, the band sounded really, really good out there. So, uh, no, that was really rad. But anyway, Joe was the last person I had on before, like, really, I think it was getting somewhere of like, oh, I think like we're about to go into lockdown kind of stuff. You know, I, I think Joe was the very last person. And uh, and then just on top of that, you know, just with all the things that have happened the last two years, it makes it feel even longer. You know what I mean? I was telling that. It's like, you know, it's been two years, but it feels so much longer than two years in so many ways. You know, it just doesn't, you know, I mean, yes, it seems like a long time, but it feels way longer than two but it was really fun to talk to him and uh, Rob. They have two new singles out, and uh, they're both really, really good. Temper and uh, Wildfire, if you've not heard those. I mean, they're just – that band can just pick up where right where they left off. They can go away for years, come back. Like, you know, they haven't released anything since 2015, and really, you know, they don't play shows here and there. But uh, same with the stereo. The stereo, I mean, look at their new record. Amazing. They haven't put a record out since 2002. They haven't put a record out with Rory since 1999. And uh, they put out some of their best songs on this new album. And uh, same with Hidden Plain View. These new ones are just so, so good. And uh, they're also playing Furnace Fest in uh, September. So it's cool to see them doing a few things. Because that was the other thing. I I was wondering that because, like, when I did talk to Joe... I think the idea was to release these songs and do some touring and try to be a little active, you know, not a full-time band, but do something with them. And then the pandemic hit and obviously you couldn't tour and do a lot with them. So, you know, they were holding out obvious, obviously we know that now, but uh, I was kind of wondering that anyway during it. Cause I was like, you know, I know they wanted to do stuff. So doing it in the pandemic, you know, some bands would release stuff, but I get it. Cause they kind of wanted to, it wasn't like release and get forgotten. It was like release it and then do something with it. So it was, uh, yeah, it was just great talk to them. Really, uh, I think it was a fun interview. There was a lot of like, just like we talked about that. We talked about the history of the band. We got into like Rob's production. You know, we got into different things. It was really cool. It was, uh, I don't know, it was, it was fun. I think you'll like that one. That that will be out, uh, actually, that'll also be out this month. I believe that will be the 20th. I think I just gave you, actually, I think I just gave you the rundown for June more than May. Uh, I think I just told you, which actually, yes, that would be true. Monday the 6th will be uh, John Doe of X on uh, Monday, June 13th. We got Tony Scalzo of Fastball. On Monday, June 20th, we got 
uh, Joe Rio and Rob Freeman of Hidden in Plain View. And then uh, on the 27th, I guess that would be the rundown. That would be uh, that would be the June rundown. God, that will probably be here. So, you know, now I'm looking at the calendar and it's like four weeks away. But really, those four weeks are probably gonna fly. I'll be I'll be here. It's like I always say on these. Like I can't believe it's already this month. Look at I I, I almost went this whole uh, episode without saying it. But there you go. I can't believe it's already the end of May. But uh, my God, we are here. We are. And uh, yeah, I got some good interviews. And that's not even all of them. I got a I got a couple more that have not been. Uh, I don't think I've aired yet. I, again, I'm still, I'm trying to remember everyone I've even interviewed this month. I, uh, the other great episode actually of, uh, of May, the, uh, other episode that I didn't get to was a uh, Chris and Maddie, uh, Chris of talk show host and Maddie of cluttered talking to them about the new enemy us, uh, split EP. So, so good. That, uh, that EP is excellent. If you've not heard that, but that was another one. Really fun, really fun getting to talk to them. I, uh, Cluttered was not a band I was super aware of beforehand, and now I really like. I'm really into them. And uh, talk show host just got into them earlier this year, so uh, it was great to have them on and get to talk to them and talk about the new release. And uh, I don't know, I loved it. I uh, hopefully enjoyed that one too. I uh, I'm trying to think what else. Oh man, who else do we have on in May? Do we have anyone else on? I believe I believe that was I believe that was the show for May. We had Dylan Flynn on. We had Chris and Maddie. We had. Uh, we had Jamie and Rory. Um, I think that is everybody. If I'm not, I hope it. I sure hope it is. I'm looking like a real ass if it's not. But I, I believe that was uh, everybody that we had on for the month. And uh, yeah, it was really fun. May was a good again. Like I was just, I feel like I was running, just doing so much for the show and just for uh, you know for the radio station and everything. But uh, you know, not bad. Like keeping busy, but a good kind of busy. I, uh, but I definitely have to like keep tabs now. Cause it's like, it's one thing to like do, you know, like a weekly interview where it's like, you know, I just got to remember, okay, Saturday at four or something. But like, you know, now I'm doing like three or four interviews a week. It's like, Oh shit. Like I got to remember when is when, you know, really, uh, really make sure I have all my ducks in a row ahead of time, you know, but, uh, it is, it is all good. Another, uh, actually a good interview. I didn't do it on, uh, the power cord hour, but a really cool one that I got to do that actually, if you wanted to go hear it, it is uh, up on WRFALP.com if you'd like to go listen to this, as well as the WRFA SoundCloud page, so you can easily find it. But uh, the program Arts on Fire that I do on there, I uh, got to talk to Colin Mockery of Whose Line Is It Anyways. I got to talk to him and Asad Meki, who is a, uh, a master, hypnos- uh, master hypnotist. And uh, they're doing, they do this really cool uh, show called Hipprov, and it's comedy and hypnosis. And uh, looks really cool. I'm going to go see them. They're bringing it to Jamestown uh, this Friday. I'm definitely going to go check that out. But uh, I got to interview them, and it was really fun. Colin was uh, – Assad was really funny too. But, yeah, Colin, I mean, you know, whose line is it anyway is, you know, always always like the funniest dude on there. And uh, I always feel like he's been the highlight of that show and uh, was just so funny. He uh, he had me laughing the whole time. He was really great to talk to uh, as well as, as uh, Assad. He was really fun to talk to as well. Uh, both of them, both of them as a team, really fun. I talked, I talked to a lot of duos this month, Colin and Assad, Chris and Maddie, uh, Joe and Rob talking to uh, Rory and Jamie. I, uh, I think almost most, not almost, but a good chunk of the people I talked to this uh, month came in uh, duos. We had some duos this month, but those are fun. Those are actually really, uh, those are fun. Cause I do it's not like I've never done them, but I don't do them all the time. But uh, still one of my favorite ones, still Rob Hidden, Heath Saraceno of Midtown, talking to both of them about uh, Save the World, Lose the Girl. That was a that was a really fun uh, duo one. 
but uh, I enjoy it. And yeah, I mean, if you want to listen to that, just go to WRFALP.com. And uh, if you go listen, uh, audio on demand, right on the front page, you uh, should still, if you don't see that, you'll see like, I think it says audio or audio on demand. And uh, if you just click on more, you know, like go through the back catalog, it's like a few days ago. Like, I mean, I, I did the interview Friday and it got posted like Saturday night. So, you know, a couple days back worth of content maybe, but uh, it was on Arts on Fire. So you can easily find it on there. And uh, if you go look up WRFA on SoundCloud, you'll also find it there. And uh, I mean, honestly, you can listen to weekly interviews I do for Arts on Fire and everything there. But uh, that one, that one specifically, you know, I do a lot of local stuff on there. So it might not always be, you know, some, you know, a lot of times when I'd be talking about like events going on in like Jamestown and stuff. So maybe it's not something as, as, uh, you know, interesting to people listening other places. But I would say this one, no matter uh, if you're going to see hip prov or not in uh, Jamestown, I, I think just listening to that was quite funny. If you're a fan of Colin Mockery, it was uh, it was rad to talk to him. I'd, I've never talked to a hypnotist before. It was really rad to talk to Assad. And it was I've never talked to a uh, like I've talked to improv people. Uh, Victor D. Lorenzo and uh, John Jughead, you know, being uh, being the two that come to mind. I, maybe I've interviewed others, but those are the ones that uh, definitely on the Power Court Hour that I've had that both have improv background. But obviously, they're also you know like in famous punk rock bands. But uh, he was like the first like kind of TV star, kind of improv theater guy that I've uh, that I think I've ever interviewed. Definitely like TV star, kind of like television star. I uh, I think that's the first one really in that realm. You know what's funny too, kind of going off that. When I was uh, interviewing John Doan, I was like telling people about it, and like on uh, on like the Power Court Hour uh, social media and stuff. I was like, "Hey, does anyone have questions for John?" Like literally every question I got was about his film career. I ne- like I know he has a film career, but like I never realized what a big thing it was for people. Like until like I was so surprised. I get all these questions about X and stuff. Like everyone want to know about his film career, and we never got to that. I'll be honest. I'll tell you. I mean, I I just. We were talking for an hour, and it's like, I'm talking to John Doe. I want to talk about music. Like, I mean, the film thing's great, and it's like, I mean, no, I'm not downplaying it. I think it's rad, but it's like John Doe is, like, one of my favorite singers and songwriters. Like, that, like I got to talk music with him. You know what I mean? Like, like I had plans to talk film and stuff with him, but we're an hour in, and we're still talking about music. I'm like, we're just not getting to film. Like, I'm not going to – we're not an hour in. I'm not going to go like, oh, so people have questions about Roadhouse. I'm just like – you know, next time, next time I will ask them those, uh, all those film questions. So apologies if you're one of those people who sent me movie questions, but no, you'll not hear me, John, me and John Doe talking much about a uh, film. I, I don't know. Maybe there was, I mean, it was an hour. Maybe, maybe there was some part that I'm not remembering that we talked a little bit about film or movies or whatever, but nothing, uh, nothing really coming to mind yet that, uh, that, yeah, I think we really talked about in that, uh, in that realm, but that's okay. We talked a shit ton of, uh, good music and new music and touring and all of that. And, uh, so that'll be a good one. So make sure you listen to that. But, uh, yeah, that was kind of May. May was very busy with interviews. Ones you've heard, ones you haven't heard yet. That, uh, that was very much what I was doing all month. And again, honestly, not a bad thing to be busy with. Be like, oh shit. Like I got to talk to John Doe today. Oh, I got to talk to the stereo today. Like, you know, like not, not bad at all. Oh, I got Colin Mockery. Like I talked to him today. Like, yeah, these aren't, these aren't bad problems to have. So, uh, I, I'm not complaining, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know if I'll be doing as much. I think I'm taking a break in June to be honest. Cause again, I, I, like I just told you, I have all those interviews that I told you about already recorded. So I, I probably will take a break from, uh, 
interviews at least for a couple weeks, which I say that I'm, I'm sure something will fall on my lap or I'll end up hitting someone up. I mean, I have people I want, I already have people I want in July, but I probably won't do those interviews for a couple weeks. I'll probably at least take a couple weeks of, uh, and I ain't really taking off. I'll just do interviews for my job at WRFA. I'll, I'll do them for Arts on Fire and stuff. So I mean, I'll still do interviews, but for the Power Court Hour, I think I can kind of take a break for a couple weeks and uh, just kind of plan for uh, June or for July and uh, August, really the rest of the summer. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess also, I mean, if you have uh, if you have recommendations or people you'd like to hear on the show, you know, again, I'm I'm uh, always ears on things like that. Power Court Hour at Gmail dot com. If you uh, would like to hear a certain someone on the show, let me know, and uh, I'll take it into consideration. Maybe we'll make it happen. And uh, actually, it was like how Jamie happened. I uh, I, I gave him a shout out, but my uh, my buddy was the one who uh, got us in contact and was kind of like, "Hey, like, would you like to interview Jamie Wolford?" And I'm like, "Hell yeah, I would." Like, you kidding me? Like, you don't think I want to interview him? Like, can you make that happen? Like, yeah, sure. Like, I definitely want you to do that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, again, shout out my buddy, Josh Reynolds. He, uh, I've given him shout out, shout outs before for that one, but, uh, I always will for, uh, getting me connected with Jamie cause that was pretty damn rad, but, uh, yeah, that was a good time and, uh, I'm sure I'll continue the good times. So I'm gonna take a break and do some hiking the uh, next couple weeks. I had a fun time today and, uh, there is some good and kayaking. I just kayaked yesterday and it, it, I was using a friend's kayak, but it made me realize I just need to, uh, hurry up and buy one. Cause I've thought about it forever. And uh, I don't know why, because I'm a cheap bastard and other people let me use theirs, but I'm also a 6'5 cheap bastard and everyone has like these kayaks are extremely like not made for someone this tall. So I think I just need to like spend a little money, get, get one that I can like comfortably sit in and, you know, cause I want to kayak, if I'm kayak and I want to be able to like kayak all day and enjoy it. Not be like, Oh, I've done this for a couple hours. My back hurts. Like I better, I better go back. So I'll be figuring that out. That's why we need actually, that's why we need sponsors again. Like if you want to sponsor the show, uh, you know, power court hour at gmail.com. And, uh, I mean, we're always, I don't always have sponsors on here. Cause again, I'm terrible at being like, Hey, like we have, but yeah, if you got something that you're uh, looking to promote or sponsor, hit me up, we will, uh, we'll do it cheap. So uh, if you're a brand, not so much the band thing, I kind of, I don't know. I, I've seen a few, uh, I've seen a few shows do that. I'm not so into like bands paying. So, so you'll like play their song. But I mean, if you're a brand, let me know, hit me up powercordhour@gmail.com. We'll promote your stuff. We will get the word out there to our, to our fine, beautiful listeners and let them know about your uh, great, great product, whatever, uh, whatever that may be. Well, I should probably know first. I don't know if it's whatever that may be, but as as long as uh as long as it passes the Anthony filter, then uh maybe maybe it will be on here. But uh, yeah, it'd be rad to get some uh, more sponsors. I would not be against that because this uh this show is actually I gotta I gotta pay to host it every month and uh and it's also very time consuming. My God, four hour I gotta tell you four hour radio show and doing this and all the interviews and all that yeah this is a time consuming show. I enjoy it very much, but fuck. I am busy with this thing. That's why my May rundown is just me. That's just the May rundown. I just talk for an hour about me interviewing people all month. That was that. I don't. I don't know that I talked about anything else. Now I know. I know. I'm looking at the uh, screen here, and we're we're inching into uh, to about 50 minutes here. And uh, yeah, I think all I've done is talk about all the goddamn interviews I did. But hey, they were fun. They were again. I'm not. I'm not complaining. It's all like Colin Mockery and John Doe. That's pretty cool. Like that's pretty rad. But uh, yeah. So what else? Let's get into new music. Shall we do that? There was some good music that came out in uh, May that we will get into right here, right now. 
let you know about. I mean, start off, like I just talked about, Talk Show Host and Cluttered put out a new split EP, Enemy Us. It is both bands covering Enemy You, and they switch singers. So uh, Maddie from Cluttered sings with Talk Show Host. Chris from Talk Show Host sings with Cluttered. It is really, really good. And uh, also, either A, reminds you how good Enemy You is, or B, lets you know how good MEU is, and you want to go check them out because of this uh, split. So really, really good stuff there. And if you haven't heard it, go back and uh, listen to my interview from a few weeks ago with uh, with Chris and Maddie. And uh, also, the Stereo 13, like I talked about also, great guest in uh, the month of May, Jamie and Rory. We talked all about making that record, and it is out now if you're listening. Pleasure. I love that thing. Seriously, some of the best stuff both those guys have uh, ever done in their careers. I uh, I love it. And uh, I don't think it'll take that long for another stereo record because they have a lot of songs written that did not make that album. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get another album like, I mean, obviously not. I know this one just came out, but I'm just saying, I don't, I don't, what I'm saying is I don't think it'll take 10 years to get another or 20 years, really. It won't take another 20 years to get another stereo record, I don't believe. And uh, with the punches, just put out a new one, Discontent EP. I remember seeing them way back in the day up at uh, Basement Transmissions up in Erie in the uh, original, in the original one in like, fuck like 2012 2013 i think somewhere in that realm it was a long time ago our buddies in hidden in plain view their new single wildfire i absolutely love that and next month you can hear us talk all about that with joe and rob uh the corpse put out a new one from oblivion uh the poly just put out one new one called the golden life i love it i'm gonna play something for you off it here in a second really good uh, punk rock record poly doing what poly does best just some classic Fast punk rock. Some uh, some real good stuff in there. John Doe, Fables in a Foreign Land. Like I said, I cannot say enough good things about that one. Should definitely uh, go listen to that. That uh, whole record, really, really good. And I'll be talking to him next week all about it right here on the show. Cathedral Ceilings put out a new one. Summer of Misguided Dynamite. One Armed Joey put out a new one. Another really good, uh, just fun, like, pop punk record. Happiness to Me. 3LH put out an excellent one. I, th- I think I played Shadow on here. I played it on the radio show, and I think I played it on a rundown a few uh, months ago. But they're actually, I think on the same one that I played John Doe, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, March, I think. March or uh, April. But uh, 3LH have a new one. Silver Dream Road out now. Cliff Diver just put out a new one. Exercise Your Demons on Side One Dummy Records. And uh, I'll play something off that for you here in a minute. The Interrupters have a new single, Anything Was Better. They got a new record. Actually, I don't know if they have a new record. I thought they did, and I think I looked... And I can't remember if they're just putting out a few singles or if they have a new album coming out in a couple months. But uh, be on the lookout for that. They might have one. I just cannot remember off the top of my head. Uh, Pew 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 put out a new one, Open Bar. Got a new single from Joyce Manor, Don't Try. uh, Second single off 40 Ounces to Fresno. That'll be out very soon, and I'm very excited for that one. The Bruce Lee Band with a new album, One Step Forward, Two Steps Back. Red City Radio with a live album live at the Gothic Theater. New one, first time in a while from Codename Rocky. They're a new EP called Blueprint. The OCs put out a really good new song. It is Funeral Solution, new single from them. And uh, we got one from Terminal Dogma. It is First Degree. It is their new single off their upcoming EP, which will be out very soon. And uh, we'll kick it off with this one right now. So here is a new one from Terminal Dogma, which actually our buddy Stephen Bradley, or uh, really Steve Kravick, a.k.a. Stephen Bradley, 
Um, first guest we had on the podcast, actually, uh, two years ago, or almost three years ago. Damn, he plays drums on this one. Really good stuff right here. So here's Terminal Dogma with First Degree right here on the main rundown of the Power Chord Hour podcast.
2022 rundown of the Power Chord Hour podcast. That was Poli with You'll Be Lonely Someday off their new record, The Golden Life. Before that was Cliff Diver with New Vegas Bomb, the opener off their new album, Exercise Your Demons, out now on Side One Dummy Records. And that one right there also features Jur from Scott 2 Network and We Are the Union. And opening up that block of music was Terminal Dogma with First Degree, the first single off their upcoming EP. And uh, that does feature friend of the show, uh, past guest of the show, Steve Kravick on drums on that one. And be on the lookout for some more great music from that band. And uh, I got some music news for you. And then that will be it for this episode. I know we are about, I mean, with the music and everything, I think we're like an hour in now. So, uh, yeah, we'll keep this we'll keep this short and then get you on to whatever you're doing next. Whatever podcast you're listening to next or uh, whatever you are doing. But uh, some good news. Riot Fest has been announced for 2022. And uh, they have quite the lineup this year. I got to say, really good one, though. I mean, it's not like Riot Fest ever really has a bad lineup. But, I mean, it, it is huge. But I'll give you a few of, uh, like, a rundown of some of my personal ones 
that uh, I think I'm pretty stoked on the most. Alkaline Trio, Descendants, Jeff Rosenstock, Lesson Jake, Ice Cube, Sincere Engineer, Lucky Boys Confusion, The Original Misfits will be playing Walk Among Us front to back, Bauhaus, Sunny Day Real Estate, they are getting back together, they'll be playing that. The Menzingers, they'll be playing On the Impossible Past front to back there, and I will get more on uh, them playing that record front to back later on in news. You got Fear there, Mannequin Pussy, Jimmy Eat World, Midtown. That is one of their uh, reunion shows. Real Friends, The Bomb Pops, The Juliana Theory, Cliff Diver, who you just heard here a second ago. Uh, they're all playing Riot Fest this year, as well as tons and tons of more bands. That is going to be going on Friday, September 16th, Saturday, September 17th, and Sunday, September 18th in Chicago. And the show will be returning to Douglas Park with five stages and, uh, as always, should be a, a good time. That is, as far as modern-day, uh, you know, like yearly festivals go, I mean, that is still Riot Riot Fest, I think, still kind of takes reign as far as, like, you know, punk festivals and stuff. I mean, there's fest, there's punk rock bowling, there's Riot Fest, you know, including including without uh, warp Tour nowadays. You know, you, you have, uh, you know, festivals that are still actually going uh, Riot Fest being being one of the uh, biggest ones. You know, it's kind of funny, too. I uh, I was looking at it because you see so many more festivals, I feel like, popping up as of uh, the last few years. And you realize I really, like, I truly think it's because of, of the loss of Warp Tour because you didn't see so many uh, festivals popping up. I mean, obviously, there are other ones. But, like, I really, truly feel like more festival, like, summer fest of, like, you know, within the scene, the punk, pop punk, emo ska whatever you know all within that realm there's so many more festivals that are popping up not not even like traveling festivals but just without warp tour i think there's more room to go do a fest in this city and then maybe go do one in this city and uh and another thing i, I mean i'll be talking more about that in a second with a festival um that is that is popping up this year which is really really dope a really good one but uh and i and again like nothing against it but you know you just see them you know like punk and Drublick, would uh, definitely actually be one that does fall more in that warp tour, you know, like a touring uh, festival. And uh, yeah, I just feel like you see more of those because of, uh, you know, or after Warped was uh, gone. Obviously, Riot Fest being there long before that. So, uh, you know, Riot Fest ain't, ain't jumping on any opportunities. They were uh, there long before. And uh, again, like just such a great festival to also see throughout the years really really grow you know you got to think about those first couple years of riot fest it really was just a traditional like punk rock show you know or festival like you know not a bit like big but not as big as it is now like by by far not as big as it is now and definitely i mean the acts and stuff that they get you know i mean look at the misfits reunited there uh well i was gonna say a few years ago but now i think that was uh i think it was 2016 they did so uh it's it's been more like six years so i guess it wasn't just a couple years ago but uh you know so many great reunions done there you know obviously jawbreaker uh you know replacements i mean there's there they have them like every year they have a good uh they tend to have a good like reunion uh band that kind of comes out to uh play this year i i mean yellow card is also playing uh that's not i don't i don't know though that everyone's having like a reunion reunion you know what i mean like their premiere debut reunion show there i don't know that that's happening this year but i mean yellow cards getting back together sunny day real estate's getting back together midtown's getting back together so uh there's going to be some bands that you haven't seen in a while they'll be playing that so that should be cool i uh i mean i don't have tickets 
But, uh, you know, it's always – there's always a chance I end up in Chicago in September for that. You know, it is uh, – I don't know. It's a great festival. It's, uh, it's something, too. I feel like if you listen to this show – I mean, you probably can find enough bands that would make it worth your while to uh, go check that out. And another great piece of music news, like I mentioned a second ago about the Menzingers. They are doing a 10th anniversary tour for my favorite Menzingers record, their best one in my opinion, on the Impossible Past. And that's going to be a a really good tour. They're going to be hitting the road with Touche Amore and Screaming Females playing all over the country, playing in Cleveland, Detroit, Asbury Park, New York City, Baltimore, Charlotte, Richmond, San Francisco, Sacramento, Fort Collins, New Orleans, all over. More and more shows uh, way past that. And that is, uh, that's kind of going on. Actually, it's like a fall slash winter tour, kind of a starting, kind of like a soft start through September and October playing Riot Fest and the Fest. And then uh, it really starts out like in uh, early November there. And uh, goes right through December. And uh, who knows? I mean, there, there's still time. I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they do a little international touring off that record. I feel like uh, at least, Can- you know what I mean? Like a Canadian run or something, I would uh, think they do. But I'm really excited for that. I mean, that record is amazing. I mean, I, you know, it's just, I, I feel like it's a gold standard for Menzinger's records. Um, I mean, like after the party seems like they grabbed a lot of fans off that album. But they did it a few times because on The Impossible Past... They really kind of grabbed – I feel like they really kind of got, like, a push within the scene on that record and really kind of started, like – like, I don't I don't know, not not serious, but that, that album I feel like did a lot for the band. And then after the party came through, and I think that really pushed them into, like, them playing theaters and things like that. I mean, even, even when I saw them before on the Impo- – or not on the Impossible Pass, but when I saw them before after the party – and then on the After the Party tour and after that, they definitely played much larger places. But uh, I think this album is so special. I think On the Impossible Past is like another signifier. You know what I mean? Like like if you look at like, I guess like Milestones, I think this record is definitely one of them. And, uh, you know, I, I love, I would love to hear it front to back. I've heard most of the songs on the album live. I, I feel like they're always pretty good at that. They play a good amount of that album live. I'm not sure what songs I haven't heard. Probably Freedom Bridge. I don't think I've ever heard them play that one live. And uh, I'm sure a couple others. But, like, overall, the Menzingers are always really good at, like, I feel like playing what you want to hear. Like, set list-wise, like, I never uh, I never really leave too uh, bummed out. You know what I mean? They uh, I mentioned it when I had Dylan Flynn on earlier, uh, you know, in, in May when we were talking about how I met him at the Menzingers show. And uh, how they played Irish Goodbyes on his bass. And I'm like that. Like, I never expected them to play that song. I was not, uh, you know, I was not guessing something like that. Same with The Shakes. The Shakes is another one of my favorite Menzinger songs. And I've heard them play that live. Like, two songs I never really, or actually, you know what? I take that back. I don't think they played The Shakes. They played Kate is Great, their Bouncing Souls cover off that 7-inch. I actually don't think they played The Shakes. I totally take that back. But my God. Would I love to see them play the Shakes live? Because that is another, just like Irish Goodbyes. I don't know if it's because they're like, you know what I mean? Like they're not on studio albums. They're kind of like more uh, obscure songs or what. But I think those are like some of their uh, some of their best songs. So maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll throw, you know, like that's the show. Go see them play on the Impossible Pass front to back, and uh, you know maybe they'll throw those in. That would be pretty cool. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, they are playing as far as near me. 
um, that Cleveland show they're playing Punk and Drublick, which uh, will be cool. But I hope they have enough time to play the record because that's always I – I will say that's the one bum uh, thing that kind of sucks when you go to a festival and bands are like doing – if they're on like an album tour, I mean if it's, if it's advertised, like Riot Fest advertised – a bunch of bands playing albums front to back and like, you know, they're going to play the albums front to back, but like there are, I've been to some festivals where bands had to condense it. Like they played most of the album. Like the set time was not long enough to do the entire thing. Cause you got to think with a festival, you get like, you know, like 30 minutes, but uh, hopefully they can play the whole album on that one, you know, cause you never want to go here. You never want to be like, we're going to play the whole album minus like two tracks, you know, like that's like, Oh, wait a second. I, uh, Oh, you know what? You know who did that? I saw the starting line. Oh man, it was almost ten years ago, or it was ten years ago. Yeah, it was. Cause say it like you mean it. Um, was turning tw- or turning ten, I should say. And uh, they they did uh they did a say it like you mean it tour, and they played the whole album. But then they did. I I think they played the whole album. But then they did like a second run after where they played like most of it, like almost a selections of. So like they played. I don't know if say it like you mean it has 12 tracks and it does have something around that they played like 10 they they kept off which I was kind of sad because saddest girl story is one of my favorite starting line songs they didn't play that one and I don't think they played the ride I think that was the other one they didn't play I think there were, there were like two songs which I was kind of bummed because those are also ones those are two ones that I really really love and they uh they didn't play them which I was kind of like I mean I I don't I can't remember again it was like 10 years ago I don't remember if it was advertised like playing a selection of or it was like defined as we're playing this front to back but uh they definitely didn't play it front to back they played uh the other 10 songs on that album scattered throughout the set and uh skipped the other two songs sadly I know they played it at other shows but again by the time they got to the like Pittsburgh date it was like a second run it was kind of like we'll play most of say it like you mean it we won't play all of it but we'll play most of it for you but hey, I, I mean, I guess I can't complain. It, it was still neat to uh, to hear all those songs and uh, see the starting line. But no, I'm really, I really, I'm looking forward to that uh, Menzingers tour. That should be a really good time. And I mean, such an amazing record. That is, that to me is like a modern classic. Like if we're talking some of the best records of the 2010s, I mean, that's in my top five. It, and it might even be in my top three if I really had to think about it. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited for that. And also kind of feel old because even though, I uh, I didn't get into the Menzingers a whole lot when that record came out, but I knew of them, and I I liked a couple of songs. I heard. like I liked them enough. Obviously, not enough to like go buy that record when it came out, but I do remember it coming out and then listening to it. Like I guess it would have been three. Which even that, my God, I guess it was only like three years old when I heard it because I got into them. I really got into the Menzingers around Rented World. They were they were touring off Rented World. When I uh, really got into the band, I liked a couple songs before, but that one—that's when I was like, "Oh shit, this band's really good." Went and saw them live, and then fell in love. But I guess that was three years after, because that was 2015. So yeah, On the Impossible Past was three years old when I uh, realized what a what a fucking masterpiece it was. But my God, I've been listening to that album for three years. I mean, seven years. That is that is like those are old man moments for me, where I go, "Fuck, I am old." I go, I can't believe that album is, you know, came out that long ago. I was only 19. I was a damn teen when that came out. Now I'm 29, dude. That'll be my new, uh, which is fitting for the Menzingers. I'll have to remember that. Like, every time that album turns another decade old, I'm on the cusp of another of another decade of my life. So I, I was 19 when that album came out. Now I'm 29. 
and then it'll be 20 and I'll be 39 and then it'll be 30 and I'll be 49. And, uh, I think you can do the math here. I think you can see where this is going, but, uh, anyways, I got one more piece of music news for you. I'm talking all tours, which I mean, I feel like for the May rundown as we're getting to, uh, you know, the summer and festival season, everything, what better time to talk about this, but, uh, I have another festival for you and uh really, really great lineup. This is amazing. But and like I was mentioning earlier, like like you see some new tours popping up, and this is excellent. Uh, Hawthorne Heights just announced their own tour, or not own tour, their own festival, but it is Is For Lovers Fest, and there's going to be three of them. They're going to be doing it in Kansas on August 27th, in Denver on August 28th, and in Cincinnati on September 10th. And, uh, I mean, these are some great, great lineups. Hawthorne Heights playing all three of them. Uh, on the Kansas date, you got the Wonder Years, Laura Jane Grace, Thursday, Story of the Year, Emery, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, Real Friends, Thick, Old News, a whole bunch more. Colorado, you got the Wonder Years, Thursday, Story of the Year. Then again, you got Hawthorne Heights, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, My Body Sings Electric, and a few more there. And Ohio has the real good one, which I'm stoked for. This is the closest to me, and I will definitely be going to this. Uh, Descendants, and I will say, actually, not all bands have been announced for Ohio, so there's even more. But Descendants are on that. Bayside, Census Fail, Story of the Year, The Wonder Years, Hawthorne Heights, Knuckle Puck, Red Jumpsuit Apparatus, Emery, Apple, Bad Luck, Night Beast, The Dopamines, Crimson, Mint, Green, Dead Bundy, uh, Better Anyway. And again, they got more uh, coming for that one. So that is going to be, I mean, all three of those are really good. But the Ohio one, I mean, you know, Hawthorne Heights, they got to they gotta do it up for that one. You know, I know they're a Dayton band, but that Cincinnati, Ohio show is kind of like a hometown one for them. So, I mean, that is, that's going to be so good. And they're bringing Descendants right to uh, my backyard, which I thank them for that. I mean, it is such a uh, it is such a great festival that they're putting on. I think it's so rad they're doing it, and like I I love it because it's very much them. Knowing those dudes, like I know they all love the Descendants. That's a band that I've like bonded over with uh, all the guys in that band. And you know, like I, like I know something like that is so huge for them. And also just all these other bands that they've toured with through the years or are fans of. I mean, like with Laura Jane Grace, like I remember I remember JT talking up White Crosses when that came up when that uh, album came out. And, uh, you know, same with the Wonder Years, actually. Like, funny enough, I didn't discover the Wonder Years through Hawthorne Heights, but J.T. Woodruff, their lead singer, I've talked about a hundred times on here, but, like, he has turned me on to so many bands. And one of the ones he did was the Wonder Years, because I had heard of them, but never really... I, I can't remember if I didn't check them out or all I heard was their old stuff where it was kind of more easy core. And at the time, it wasn't my thing. But, like, I remember when the Upsides came out, and uh, he was talking it up, so I, I went and checked it out. And I mean, I I like I mean the upsides really when that album came out, you know. And I and and I still you know the Wonder Years are great. It's great to see them as big as they are. I've fallen off with them a little more in recent years. I'm not you know I just don't follow them as much as uh, as I used to. And not, nothing against them. And I play them on the show and stuff. But like the upsides when that came out, I mean, was just huge for me. And again, like I remember like those dudes in Hawthorne Heights very uh you know i mean talking up you know uh the wonder years and again like with uh you know like with against me with the white crosses and just all these other bands who it's like they've always been uh they've always just been a band who one genuinely loves music and a shit ton of different music i mean all those guys you can you can talk to them they're all into there's there's things they can all agree on but there's things that you know like like one dude likes this maybe the others don't like this or two of them like that like they're just always they're always good to talk music because of that 
But uh, it's cool to see them put together a, a festival because again, it's like I, it's the mixture of you know tour tour mates and uh, you know contemporaries, uh, you know mixed along with bands who I know they love and you know look up to and everything. I mean, I know Descendants is a huge one for them as well. I mean, they you you can look back at like old Hawthorne Heights videos and and see. Uh, I know JT used to wear because it was in their in their DVD. I can't remember what it's called anymore. But uh, their uh, music DVD they did years ago. But I remember uh, JT rocking a Descendants hoodie in that, and uh, yeah, I, I'm just stoked for that. I love uh, I love that band, and I, it's great to see them do a festival. Like if a band's gonna do a festival, I want it to be a band like Hawthorne Heights because those dudes uh, have good taste. Plus, I gotta tell you, I'm stoked for a lot of bands on those. But if you are going to any of those shows and you've never seen Story of the Year. You gotta see them live. Even even if you're not a fan of Story of the Year, you gotta see them live. They are legit one of those bands who just the live show's insane. They they really and sometimes I forget it because I've seen them live, but it's been years. I haven't seen them live since like 2013. But that band is insane. Go just go to YouTube and look up some footage. Those guys put on the craziest show. Like the just the energy of it. Like and it was so cool because I remember seeing them in like 2013 on Warp Tour. And again, they're not old dudes, but they were, you know, they're celebrating the 10th anniversary of Page Avenue. And they definitely weren't the young band on the tour. But those dudes were putting to shame all other bands playing. Bands bands who, you know, have, who normally have these great, oh, they're full of energy, this and that. Not if you watch Story of the Year. They fucking destroyed any other band that, uh, that played. And that's for like any, that's for like, any of them like they fucking destroy any uh any like show or tour that they're on i mean they're just totally totally amazing so you gotta i mean you gotta catch out you know a bunch of bands on those but i mean no matter what a date you go to on that if you're going go watch story of the year it's insane how good they are you will uh you'll enjoy it so i mean it's been so long since i've seen them so i'm very excited that I get to see them and the dopamines like I've never seen the dopamines live and I've wanted to and they don't play a whole lot these days so I'm really stoked to see the dopamines night beast I've not seen night beast since that was just their lead singer Nick Testa and uh, I think he had a, a he had a uh, iPod on stage with them that he was using to play uh, the backing you know to play his backing band on so I'm gonna be stoked to see uh, night beast finally full band and a bunch of other great bands on there that uh, I'm very excited for but uh, I think that's so rad they got to do the is the lover is for lovers festival, and I hope it's a thing they continue doing. They've done uh, they've done the Dayton is for lovers tour or not? I keep saying tour Dayton is for lovers festival in Dayton for I don't even know how many years now. So I mean they uh, you know they know what they're doing with booking shit. Like and I, I know how even outside of that they all have uh, they have experience in booking shows and shit. You know even even going way back in the day. So again like a very fitting band to do a festival like that who have background in uh in doing them as well so uh yeah i'm very i'm very much looking forward to that i mean i i hope to go to riot fest this year but i'm definitely going to is for lovers fest up in uh cincinnati and uh maybe while i'm there go see my buddy dave who we've had on here before shout out 19 cent zine and uh in our last excursion at skatopia but uh descendant actually funny enough i'm saying that descendants is our band we uh we met through descendants so hopefully uh hopefully me and my boy are at that show because that should be a, a really good one but yeah i'm looking forward to that i'm looking forward to the menzingers tour as well i gotta i gotta see them play that record front to back but that is gonna be it that is the may 2022 rundown of the power court hour podcast 
If you would, please go follow us online. We are at Power Chord Hour on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can uh, find us everywhere you get your podcasts. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. It really does help a lot. I really appreciate that. Uh, if you like to hear the radio show, we got new radio shows for you every Friday night, 8 to midnight Eastern on 107.9 WRFA. Great, great station right here in uh, Jamestown, New York. Been hosting the show for six years now. We do that every Friday night, so check it out. I got hours of punk and alternative for you. I play all the bands that I talk about on here. You just heard me talk about tons of bands for an hour. Now listen to me play them on the radio show. I have a new one for you this Friday and uh, we do it. We do a theme to kick off each month, and the theme this month uh, for June is going to be short and sweet songs. I'm I'm playing songs that only that clock in under two minutes this Friday. So I have like over a hundred songs, I believe. I don't have it in front of me. I think I hit a hundred songs on the playlist because they're under two minutes. We have four hours, and all songs are under two minutes on this one. So, uh, and they're not all, and here's the thing, and I, I kind of mixed it up. They're not all fast punk songs. There are slow songs on there that just happen to be under two minutes. I really uh, mixed it up on this one. So I'm stoked for that. So check it out if you would. And uh, powercordhour at gmail.com is where you can get a hold of me. And uh, yeah, that is going to be it for the May 2022 rundown. Make sure you tune back in next week. I'm talking to a legend, John Doe of X is going to be right here on the Power Chord Hour. I can't even tell you how amazed and stoked I am. I cannot wait for you all to hear that. Tune back in next Monday for that. And until then, for the Power Chord Hour podcast, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thank you so much for listening.